Hello, you're very welcome to Purple Psychology Podcast. You're here with Melanie Hoskin and, as always, Dr. Anisha O'Reilly. Hello. Hi, Anisha. We're on episode 98 and we're talking about writing Christmas cards uh, for people with dyslexia and doodles and signatures. Yep. So when I was writing my Christmas cards this year, well, for a start, if you get a Christmas card from me, you're highly privileged because I hate showing anyone my handwriting. Oh. Okay, so it's a huge deal to get a Christmas card from me. Um, but I was kind of thinking when I was writing them that maybe other people don't have to go through what I go through. Mm. Like, first of all, obviously, like, you have people's addresses in my phone. Mm. But then I have to Google the spellings of all the things I want to write in it. I have to go back to their social media account to check how to spell your name because there's nothing worse than spelling someone's name wrong. And mm. um, like, there's all these like it just must be so easy for other people to sit down and write a Christmas card and not have to like research everything. Yeah, yeah. And then there was this awful dawning moment last year when I put them all in the post box, and I woke up in the middle of the night and I had one of those moments where you're like. Um, you know in the English language where there's the same word only it's spelt like three mm. different ways yeah. it has three different meanings mm. well I used the wrong one okay. and I was kind of like and I'd already posted them all Okay. <laughs> and how did that feel for you? well there wasn't a lot I could do about it but mm. I'm sure it must have made people laugh but not in a bad way because if you're sending Christmas cards to people they're usually people you like yeah, well, I'd, I'd hope so, but still, mm. like, there's that, there's a huge exposure in it, mm. like. Mm. So how does your mind see letters? Like, when I'm writing something mm. and I take it for granted, the spelling is in my head. Yeah. And it's in sequence in my head. Well, I can't do sequences, so that's a good start. Yeah. So, usually I know some of the letters in the word, but I don't know what order they go in. Yeah. And, like, that's why I can't read names, because I, I, I just don't know what the letters going together, what they mean. Yeah. And, like, I just don't... I don't remember what it looks like or, or mm. what order they go in, basically, when mm. I go to write it. And, and, like, it's quite hard. Like, even when I transcribe it, I'm still likely to make mistakes. So I know, mm. like... And then the other thing I do is when you write something, you think you've written that, but actually you've left out half the words. Okay. So that, like, I'm, I'm quite ecstatic with the fact that both Instagram and Facebook now let you correct your posts. Okay. Because I quite often afterwards sort of notice that it's done weird things. Mm. So you wouldn't, would you have predictive text, say, on your phone? Yeah, but that's not always a good thing. I find it useless. I've sent the worst text to people <laughs> because of that predictive text. And so well, I'm coming out really, really badly. Well, yeah, but there's the odd one that's kind of helpful because sometimes it memorizes the words that I can't spell and my bad spellings of the words. Because, like, you have to know how to spell stuff to look it up and find it. Mm. So, like, there's some things... That's why I have to use Google, mm. because it's more likely to be able to find what I'm looking for mm. than other spell checkers. Mm. And it gives you the meaning so you know if you found the right one, mm. which is also challenging, especially yeah. with the whole thing where there's three words and they're all spelled differently. So how did you get get your master's and your doctorate and... I don't know. It, like, there's various people who, like, read my assessments along the way and are like, how are you here? And I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Just, because I just, often re- see just really good cold things, Yeah, yeah. I often see you writing away there yourself on your notes as we're going through the podcasts. And yeah. you just really seem to ha- have got it together. But obviously, dyslexia 
isn't um, curable, is no. it? No. You know, like, but, yeah, and, and like, even if I'm writing away here, I can't necessarily read my own writing. Yeah. Um, I've kind of memorised the shapes of the words mm-hmm. and where they are in the page as to what I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. And the spellings are all wrong. So that's why, like, if it's just my notes, it's fine. Yeah. But yeah. sending a card yeah. to somebody is kind of like someone else's. And it's not even that someone else has got to be able to read this. It's, mm. uh, it's very much still in that mindset from all the stuff to do with school that this is a representation of me. Okay. And, yeah. and that's why only certain people get Christmas cards from me. Yeah. Yeah, okay. What can somebody with dyslexia do to make themselves okay with the fact that they'll make mistakes or they'll... I, I don't know, just I think just maybe admitting that vulnerability or maybe just, um, I suppose, when you've achieved enough like I have at this stage, there's an element of like, well, I don't care, like I've yeah. achieved whatever. So, yeah, yeah. so maybe that maybe that's the balancing act. I think that's kind yeah. of the turning point, really. Yeah, okay. Any more on that, niche? No, but I thought we might go into doodles. Okay. Because this is, um, I was looking for something fun. Mm. But it, it is interesting, like when I'm, when I'm talking to clients on the phone or I'm doing Skype sessions, I, I often notice that I'll do certain doodles and I, I kind of started to do some research into this thing because I was kind of like, well, why am I doing that? So, for instance, like I might be talking to a client and I'll draw lots and lots of stars on the page and that's actually like a need for recognition. Um, similarly, I tend to do a lot of waves and very rounded stuff and that's all kind of very emotional. It's all to do with emotions. So if we've been talking about certain emotions, mm. you know, through a process with clients, it's not surprising that that ends up all around the place. Mm. People who tend to do very kind of uh, lots of squares and straight lines tends to be about control and being very practical. Um, so the smaller your doodles are, the more likely you are to be introverted. The bigger they are, the more likely to be extroverted. So we're going to talk about writing in a minute as well. Mm. Um, another one that I quite often find that I'm doing um, is chessboards, um, checkered patterns. Mm. And that's all to do with weighing up options, the next move, the next step. Okay. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. again, it's not surprising. Um, beehives are particularly about harmony and peace. Flares are, um, you kind of have cheerful flares and sad flares, so it matters whether your flares are drooping or not. Um, Butterflies, you know, um, the kind of flighty wanting to escape something. Hearts is obviously kind of romantic. Stairs is all to do with steps. Um, Planes and boats, escaping, escaping a situation. Um, Patterns, doing a lot of geometric patterns, that's another one that I do a huge amount in my notes, talking to people, and it's all to do with ambitions. Um, arrows, the direction of the arrows. Um, if people do like security um, ones, they're like houses and people, stick men people, that's all about security. Um, a lot of teenagers do initials on stuff because of their need for attention, their mm. need, need to look for it. It's, a, it's an attention seeking thing. Mm. You know, the way people graffiti things. Um, mm. If you do a spider's web, it's all about being trapped. Mm. Um, in writing the things that are kind of interesting because I do I do sometimes look like at my students writing to see like mm. um, and I've had some of the teachers sometimes remark on people's writings a lot of different patterns can come out in writings mm. so for instance even if you're very hesitant to make mistakes or if you have a real um, very kind of controlling behaviour a lot of OCD behaviour the students will go back over the letters over and over the same letters rather than moving on mm. and not be able to make mistakes if you allow space between your words you're more likely to be independent 
more and it's more of an introverted trait. Whereas mm-hmm. if your writing's all very squashed together, you're more likely to need people around you, so you're more likely to be extrovert. Mm-hmm. Um, again, the size of it, you can have writing that's too small. Um, it means that you're too self-contained um, and and too fearful of putting yourself out there mm. or letting people close to you and so on. But similarly, people can have really large writing, which shows a real need for attention, a real need for exposure and being out there. Mm. Um, so you're kind of looking, if you're looking for a kind of average-sized writing. I don't normally say you're looking for average on anything, <laughs> but, but writing you kind but of in are. in this case. You kind of are. Mm-hmm. Um, your letters can be open or closed. So... Um, again, if your writing tends to be very kind of nitpicky and perfectionist, it can show a lot of judgment of other people as well. Mm. So again, this comes back to it, like with students, you can notice people being really, really contained in themselves and not expressing themselves. Mm. Um, if everything's a bit too perfect. Um, and it can be kind of a lack of wanting to express emotions in particular. Um, and even the things that people choose to write about, they choose to write about things that are very inanimate rather than, than emotions. Mm. Um, the way that you do your eyes, um, they say that if the dot is much further above something that you're very imaginative. So again, it's that thing of whether you're very controlled and very perfect in something or whether it's kind of... Um, you're, you can also tend to hold yourself back. It can show people procrastinating if you're writing all leans backwards and the dots all lean away and that sort of thing. Mm. Um, mm. <clears throat> similarly with things like T's, it can sort of show your sense of um, attention to detail and how sort of ambitious you are and that sort of thing in the way that you cross your T's. Mm. Um, so you can you can see people's confidence level in their T's, they say. Mm. If you tend to have very kind of a rounded writing, you tend to be more kind of artistic and creative. Um, this is one of the things that really kind of winds me up about writing in school, handwriting. Um, and you were asking me last week, like, why do I like writing in pencil? So, like, I think one of the most hideous things in the school system is this concept of the pen pass, mm. where, you know, you reach a certain level of writing and you're allowed to then use a pen. Mm. Um and also this idea of having to do um, joint writing, because some personalities naturally don't really in- enjoy joint writing. So we've just gone through it. Like independent people tend to have their words spaced out and individual words, and I would be very like that. So I wouldn't ever want to do joint mm-hmm. writing. So also it's very different, difficult for my dyslexia to do joint writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that starts to come into it as well. Yeah, yeah. And similarly, <clears throat> you can have people who sort of say, oh, your writing's too rounded and too floral and too much and too big and I've known people who are like that who are very artistic and creative Mm. so it's a real way that we stamp out people's personalities Mm. and their actual ways of expressing themselves a lot Mm. like in Mm. in writing and the other one that's quite interesting is they say that the pressure of how you write depends how good you are at communication but for me it's also a big tell of a lot of dyslexia as well because a lot of people have visual perception difficulties will write very heavy on the page so, and again, another one that's a real tell is uh, is speed. So, um, I tend to write very fast, and I tend to type and text very fast. And mm. you've even commented on that, like how fast mm. I text and do things. And so, there's a real sense of that's the speed of my mind, the speed that it works at. Mm. And so, people who tend to work very fast in that way tend to have more ideas in their head than they ever get down the page. So that's partly why I miss out words mm. and things like mm. that. 
And there can be a sense, too, with speed, that it's not always good to be too slow. This goes back to this OCD and perfectionism because there's a mm. control, and this goes mm. back to the control episode. Yeah. If people write very slowly and are very uh, fearful of making mistakes, um, it's a very controlled thing, and mm. that's why I use markers in all of my sessions because it's not possibly possible to be controlled with markers. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, it, um, so the way and other ways too that we used to do that in the school was we used to start with really big sheets of paper. If someone felt very contained to us, we would make them write on even A2 or A3 size paper and then shrink it down afterwards. Mm. But so that's one reason I don't like using copy books in school. Mm. There's not enough space. To do things, yeah. Um, so um, signatures again, it's it's very kind of similar. Like the size really matters, and um, <clears throat> it's a lot of people actually that I admire would all be slightly more introverted. And if you see their signature, um, there's an interesting thing in it. Is it's usually quite simplistic. It's quite readable. If your signature is readable, um, it shows that you don't have anything to hide. Whereas people who tend to have very expressive and very um, outlandish signatures that don't represent the actual name um, have a lot to hide. Okay. They're actually pretending to be something that they're not, okay. which is quite interesting. So I was looking at this because on Wikipedia you can quite often see people's signatures. So mm. Jane Goodall, who we were talking about last time, um, Agatha Christie, people like that, all have very readable signatures mm. and they're all quite small and contained. Mm. Um, but there's reasonable spacing in them too. Yeah. So the size of your signature shows um, your confidence as well. Mm. But so too big is overconfident and pretense. Too small is really submissive and, you know, not prepared to put yourself out there. Mm. And something, again, back to this wonderful word, which I normally hate, average. An average size signature that's readable is a very contained person and, and the spacing and so on. Mm. So, yeah, so it is quite interesting. Okay. Um, I would naturally see a lot in people's writing mm. and take it in, um, mm. but I wouldn't wouldn't normally manage to digest it so much. I spent some time digesting, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, taking yeah. dissecting it, and taking it apart. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Oh, any more on that, Nisha? No, I think I've pretty much gone through all my notes there. That's really um, interesting. It stuff. is, and like, and and the slant too of writing is yeah. as if you slant really far over this way, which mm. is left. Um, it's like keeping yourself back, really open and expressive the other way. Again, you're kind of looking for something a bit balanced in between. Okay. All right. Cool. Okay, we're going to leave it there. Uh, thanks a million, Nisha, Dr. Nisha O'Reilly. Um, thanks to the listeners for listening in. Uh, talk to you again soon. Bye. Thank you.